Hello and welcome to the Hybrid Podcast. Uh, today is the third part of our trilogy on sleep, the final episode as far as we know. We might, we might do a prequel trilogy, a bit like Star Wars, if there's enough commercial demand and uh, we can make more money. But um, that isn't looking particularly likely, unfortunately. <laughs> so, for now, just part three. Uh, just a couple of dates that you might be interested in before we crack on with the podcast. Um, we've got the 26th of November for the handstand workshop. October. October. 26th <laughs> of October at Sweatbox. Uh, well done, Tom. I was just testing you again. Um, I wonder so, if you can hear me whispering October. <laughs> I doubt that very much. Sometimes they can't hear Definitely me. Definitely would have heard that laugh, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll block that. Tom's not allowed to laugh on the podcast anymore because it ruins our audio. Too cheerful uh, for the people. But he is allowed to laugh in person on the 26th of October yeah. at our handstand workshop. So if you're missing his laugh from the podcast, um, that's another reason to come to the handstand workshop. You can hear it. And another opportunity to hear it would be the 7th of December at the Hybrid Winter Games. You'll hear a lot there. Because uh, yeah. they're so fun. They're yeah. so fun. Almost as fun as a handsome one. <laughs> both are really fun. you hear lots of laughing at both. Yeah. People have actually told me they use my laugh as like a beacon to know where they're meant to, meant to be. <laughs> as assuming they're meant to be near you. Yeah. <laughs> it's useless as a beacon for all other things. <laughs> If you're trying to get anywhere apart from next to Tom Morgan, don't use his laugh as a beacon. A TMT house. Uh, so, episode three. The trilogy. Of the trilogy. Part three. Uh, today, we're just going to have a little ramble about some practical tips for improving your sleep, which we've gone over why that is so important. Yeah, we've done an excellent job going yeah. why it's important. Yeah. So to nice. this point, you've probably spent the last two weeks just panicking constantly about how to get more sleep because mm. you now know how important it is yeah yeah it's actually scary when you look at it yeah. it makes me feel really bad for the amount of sleep that I yeah. actually get and um, also some of the things we're going to tell you today will scare you even more gosh yeah but is uh, there velociraptors involved there's no velociraptor uh, god can you imagine trying to sleep <laughs> velociraptors on the loose well the turkey sized ones or the <laughs> the Jurassic even Park then, like, you wouldn't want them too close to you and just have a nap would you yeah. <laughs> well do they fly? Uh, no. Yeah, we used to sleep in trees, didn't we? Did you? I I, I have never slept in a tree. Ali apparently used to sleep in trees. That's right. Because surprise me. Velociraptors on the on the, on the loose were going to eat. Ali is a small child oh, slept in his garden in a tree because he was terrified of velociraptors. Is that a fact of the day that you no. couldn't wait to tell us? Have you ever slept on a branch though, like a, yeah. like a really thick branch because you can like drape for itself right over it, like a leopard? It's really nice. Dangerous. Yeah, I can <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've tried. I've tried lying on a branch. I've not tried sleeping yeah. there. It's better as a child. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a pillow? Velociraptors. Mm. Um. Obviously, apes and velociraptors didn't cross over in time. No. Coexist. But if they did, sleep in a tree. Should be alright. Sharp little yeah, teeth. Sharp nails. <laughs> uh, that's, that's Ali's cat Boo. Yeah, she's got sharp nails. Right then, uh, so what is the oh, fact. fact of the day that you couldn't wait to tell us? That's such a good fact. Um, one of my clients told me last night and I was very excited about this. Okay, so which planet do you think is closest to Earth? Let me rephrase that. 
Which planet do you think is closest to Earth most often? Mm. Well, it's going to be none of the obvious ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you did, obviously because of um, all orbits. the planets have different yeah. different um, orbits, they orbit the sun at different speeds. Mercury is most frequently the closest planet to Earth. That's interesting. It's it class, is interesting. There's no way you could know but that. Does, you told me. Does it come closer than <coughs> Mars? Nope. It never. It's never as a. If you took the <laughs> minimum distance, yeah. it's not the closest at any um, because obviously there's there, there's there, at, when the orbits line up, um, Venus when, and when the orbits um, align. Venus and Mars are much closer, yeah. but because Mercury's orbit of the Sun is so small versus Venus and Mars, it when, Mer- when Mercury's furthest away from Earth, it's still quite close, whereas when Venus and Mars are furthest away from Earth, they're actually really, really far away, so Mercury is the most frequently close planet to Earth. Oh. Class, isn't it? This is a solid Fascinating. Fascinating. Cheers, Ellen. 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 Great fact. I was so happy when she told me yesterday. <laughs> if anyone else would like to submit facts of the day. It's also very... illegal, yeah. just as another Ellen fact, <laughs> to um, walk into the Houses of Parliament with it with a suit of armour on. Is it? It is. Well, that ruins my plans next weekend. <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Can you imagine like, writing that fact? <laughs> What would you write it? Law. No more armour. No armour in here. I imagine imagine that's been part of the law for quite a long time. I know, that's what I mean. (laughs) It's not a recent one, is it? Brexit negotiations (laughs) and no armour. But can you imagine... Yeah, but like... When was it needed... When was it... When when would it have been needed to be written? Like, if someone goes into a full full armour into the the, um, Houses of Parliament, it just wouldn't be letting anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Unless they batter their way in. <laughs> if I was an MP, I'd like try and tack on hilarious little laws. Twenty bills that we're going through. There are some weird laws, aren't there? Yeah. There's some ones that there's there's, there's loads of like ones that are still. I think you can like shoot a bow and arrow and kill someone between two plate like it's from where Chester. Is yeah, it? It's in Chester. As long as you're in the walls of the city. After dark, you can shoot a Welshman with a bow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, me and Tom have never yeah. been out in Chester. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder with things like that, though, are they actually true? Or well, someone they're not. just hilariously decided to say that... They're not true. Like, like if you did it, you'd be prosecuted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still pretty illegal, I yeah. imagine. I'm sure, yeah, but it just is... Major, um, I think they call it. Yeah. <laughs> that one. That one's been uh, outlawed for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hmm. the Mercury fact's class, isn't it? That's a strong fact. It's very good. Should we crack on with part three Let's of the trilogy? Let's do some trilogy bits. So, in, uh, in part one, we discussed why sleep was... Well, why a lack of sleep particularly was so bad for you. And in episode two, we talked a little bit about circadian rhythm and why we sleep, uh, what sort of like things help us go to sleep and wake up, and the importance of light dark cycles. And today we're just going to go through some sort of practical stuff that people can actually do to make sure that they sleep better 
and get more sleep. So, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, probably want to listen to those first before delving into the... You won't know the backstories of the characters or anything. No. <laughs> Who is sleep? Yeah, you want to, you want to know all those all those previous uh, the previous story. Much more important. <laughs> she is distracting me loads. Yeah. Yeah. She's very cute though. She is cute. We're talking about. We'll um, <laughs> we'll we'll put a photo of uh, the kitten that we're talking about on this podcast. I think. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, um, just so everyone can see why this podcast is fairly awful so far. <laughs> she sleeps a lot. She does. She, she seems treat, pretty healthy. Tell them how much babies sleep. Uh, all the time. So, While a baby in the womb, for the first six months, is straight up sleeping non-stop. It's a lot of sleep, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And they only start being a little bit awake from in the third trimester for about two hours a day. And then, before they're born... Full sleep again, about a week. Full, about a week. Full, full sleep. Full like REM sleep, sleep, basically. We've been much into the stages of sleep. Uh, we actually haven't. No, we haven't mentioned that. Mm, should sure. we go through that? Yeah. All yeah. right. So, a little bit more background on sleep. There are basically um, you can think of there's five stages of sleep, but really there's they're split into two. So you've got non. Uh, rapid eye movement sleep, so non-REM sleep, and you've got REM sleep, so rapid eye movement sleep. And there are four stages of non-REM sleep, stage one, two, three, four, and they get progressively deeper throughout all those. And then um, the fifth stage, or the last final stage, uh, is REM sleep, where your eyes are moving around rapidly underneath your eyelids. You can see this as well, it's pretty odd when someone's asleep and their eyes are just like darting around all over the place. Um, and those cycles last about 90 minutes. So a full sleep cycle is about 90 minutes long. And it transitions from light all the way to REM sleep, which is really deep, and then back to light sleep again, which is often why um, throughout the night you'll sleep, you may wake up at points because at those points when it goes back to really, really light sleep, it's as though you're just falling back to sleep again. Um, and so for some people, like if you live in like loud areas and stuff, like it can be really, really distracting and wake you up quite a lot when, once you've done a full cycle, which is really frustrating. Yeah, for sure. Get some headphones. Definitely get some headphones or earplugs. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something I'm going to speak about. Yep. So, practical tip number one, have consistent uh, sleep and wake times. Oh, it's so hard doing it. It's savagely hard. Yeah. It's really, really difficult. Uh, but there, there isn't really a way around it because there is, uh, I suppose maybe we can go on to it now, there's basically no way to catch up on lost sleep. Yeah. Uh, so like we said at the end of the last episode, it's not that we're saying if you're really tired because you lost a load of sleep one night, don't have a lie mm-hmm. in. But you, you're having a lie in because you feel tired, not because it's actually catching up the sleep that you lost. Once, once you've lost out on that sleep, it's sort of, you, you can't plan to catch yeah. up on it. It's, it's still... Is it is it or is it not better to oversleep um, if you've lost out on sleep? I would say it's better to oversleep. Cause, uh, like, I think it depends to what extent. And, so let's say you have yeah. a full night of... Um, a whole night of sleep deprivation. Yeah. Um, and then you go to sleep the next night and you sleep, uh, let's say, 10 hours instead of 8. Yeah. So... 
you cannot. Uh, so, so if you've got you've had those eight hours that you've lost, um, and that has done, let's say, some damage. <laughs> for like, like I mean, it is essentially, isn't it? Like, it's very, very minute for one night, but or minuscule for one night, but um, you, if you then slept ten hours for the next four nights, you would have accumulated all that sleep back. Um, in terms of total time sleeping, yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is, is it um, you, you? You can't recoup that sleep, right? So let's say that's lost. Yeah. Um, the fact that you actually did sleep ten hours instead of eight for the next four nights does mean you are you have. Does that mean you are less? Um, you're in a better place than you otherwise would have been had you only had eight hours for the next four nights. I would. Speculate that it would be because you still have like sleep pressure, which mm -hmm. obviously over over time that can accumulate a debt, and like you can't catch up with, like like you were saying about missing one night's worth of sleep, you're not gonna get back the benefit that you would have had had you just had that eight hours by having two extra hours for the next four nights. Mm -hmm. But I think you'd still get positive benefit from like clearing those waste products yeah. that are built up in the brain and that sort of thing. But you would potentially change your circadian rhythm a little bit, uh, um, yeah, which I think is an, is another reason that like, that you want to keep consistent, uh, like sleep and wake times because that, that that's, it's kind of like social jet lag. Yeah. Like if you wake up at six every weekday and then on the weekend you wake up at nine, you're basically shifting your circadian rhythm by a couple of hours and then you're trying to go back to six again, mm -hmm. which just means that when like Monday, you're going to feel pretty groggy and like not as awake as if you just had that consistent wake time the whole, the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All of the, the like, the data studies is like tend to show that you can't get that sleep back. So once, so like uh, there's a difference between like you are saying like sleeping in on the first day, mm -hmm. Because you you're probably still really fucking tired from missing a whole night's sleep, but after that, unless you're actually tired, I don't think you're gaining anything positive by staying in bed purposely for two hours longer. The way I interpret it <clears throat> is, let's say a full on that on that first night that you've missed sleep, um, you would have been at hundred, you would have had a hundred percent, right? Yeah. So on the next four nights, when you gain those two hours back you're never getting back to 100%. There's, there's an amount that's lost and lost forever. Yeah. But you can um, recoup some of the um, damage, let's say, uh, whether that's 5%, 10%, fuck knows. But you will be in a better place having accumulated a little bit more sleep because it would have got rid of a few more, like a bit more adenosine, it would have got cleared a few more waste products. Um, because we know that when you don't sleep for a night, those waste products do build up and they are cleared on subsequent nights if you can make up that, that if they are cleared a bit, like, like, like if they're still, if you can sleep, let's say, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if it'd be possible to be fair because like, I don't know if you could sleep for 10 hours the next four days because it would be really, really hard because it would completely go against like Thomas and circadian rhythm and stuff. That it would, it would, <clears throat> you would really struggle to, and I wonder if that's part of the reason you just... I, I, was, I think part of it is if you look at like what the actual function of NREM and REM sleep is, um, if you think of like the time that you're awake is like reception, 
NREM sleep is essentially like reflection on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then REM sleep is basically kind of joining joining the dots and sort of linking that in with like all your past memories um, and that sort of thing. So you can kind of make sense of of things that have happened essentially. So I think I think what happened, what like uh, this is obviously just like us speculating, but I, I imagine if you have like missed that night of sleep, you miss out on that opportunity to store any any information that you've taken in that day. So mm. that and, and that that I think is why the sleep is lost. You're you're completely right. That is definitely true. Your ability to remember whatever it is that you've actually learnt that day is is probably lost. But um, like memory and or me- um, remembering shit is n- is it is only a small function of sleep. It's a really important one. Yeah. But it's but that isn't like clearing yeah. waste products and all that other sort of stuff. Um, I, I find- think it'd be almost impossible to like practically quantify it. Yeah. And from the point of view of like like you were saying, like thinking of it as like it's not a bank account. Yeah. It's not like I only got eighty percent sleep tonight, mm-hmm. so I'll get one hundred and twenty percent tomorrow. It's like yeah. that. That is not the way it works, mm-hmm. and you can't do it. So, from a practical point of view, obviously, if you're tired, it's better off having a bit of a lie in. But the best thing to do is not think about trying to catch up on your sleep mm-hmm. and yeah. being in a position where you don't have to yeah, yeah. do that. So, and and like running those sort of studies to actually like figure out what the physiological like repercussions are like a whole night lost of sleep and how much of it you can get back if you can get back like is it better to sleep in for four hours for the next day or is two hours two days the mm-hmm. same like it is so hard to quantify that well yeah you basically you, you, you literally can yeah exactly <coughs> um, so I think from a practical point of view trying to like thinking about sleep like that is almost that's part of the issue yeah that's part of the problem is that mm-hmm. people try to think about sleep like bank account, oh, don't I'll catch up on the weekend, mm-hmm. and and you basically can't do it. Mm-hmm. So, while it's a really really interesting like conversation to have, it's not it, it sort of isn't practically helpful. Yeah, that's yeah. a very very good point. Like, if you are thinking about it in terms of trying to catch up, it you've already fucked up. So much, yeah, like, yeah, like like, like <laughs> that's what I was trying to say in terms of like imagine you had a hundred percent on the first yeah. night. Like you just you just can never get back to that level. Yeah, and so like staying in bed for a little bit or having if you're if you can sleep 10 hours and you've got time to sleep 10 hours it's probably a great idea yeah um because if you can do that go ahead but don't don't be like you say don't, don't think that you're repaying what you um what you withdrew on that first night because yeah. it just isn't like that at all yeah absolutely and like tom said it probably is messing with your circadian rhythm mm. again at some point and one of the best things you can do to make sure that you're getting enough sleep and that you're getting good quality sleep at those times is to have, um, like, to sort of be sleeping in tune as much as possible with your circadian rhythm, and that involves having pretty consistent sleep and wake cycle times. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like you said, is is actually like really really hard. That's why it's led down like yeah. quite a big tangent. Is because <laughs> it's actually especially like in the modern um, in the modern day, it's like it is really difficult because you've got so many pressures on mm-hmm. our time. Um, to like to have especially it's the consistent like yeah. going to sleep time because everyone's for the most part people have like a fairly consistent wake up time um, and like trying to get to bed eight hours before that is really really difficult to do because mm-hmm. there's so many like things that just nag at our time a yeah. couple of, like we've had a couple of messages off the back of the last few podcasts and one of the um, 
think it, uh, someone said one of the like really useful things that that we said was it's it's a little bit like like diet, like it's it's the little things that add up over time. So just like lying in bed on your phone or something at night, mm-hmm. and it's forty five. It's easy, like half hour easy of your time, an hour just yeah. doing like nothing. And it's that's the same as like making just nothing bad choices in your diet and then ruining ruining a deficit that you're in. Yeah. Um and then being frustrated with that. But it's the same thing. It's like little things that you can do to add up just like don't go on your phone before bed and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um like you know, it's those things are almost there uh they're like probably more negative over the course of a week on in terms of like how much they impact people's ability to go to sleep on time because that's something that happens most nights people get to bed and scroll their phone mm-hmm. it's actually those things that are probably more of a drain on your like sleep time than social commitments yeah definitely and if you think yeah. about <clears throat> if you're trying to get like so optimal sleep gives you 100% yeah. the next morning um, just taking away like 15 to 30 minutes out of that put like um great amount of time you could have in bed we know that you 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 can't make it back so we were saying earlier like about having a full night of sleep um, deprivation you can't earn that back likewise if even even 15 minutes half an hour 45 minutes you can't earn it back the next day so that it's really worthwhile thinking about each night as a standalone um uh, as a, on its yeah. own like in, in isolation okay tonight can I get into bed you know eight hours before my alarm yeah. and if I can do that great uh, and and just trying to make that a consistent a consistent pattern because you know that no matter what even if it's you know if it, no matter what like getting more is probably a good idea so if you're going from consistently having six try and get into bed half an hour early because just doing two hours isn't going to work immediately by any yeah. means. But let's just say that, and also like putting a lot of pressure on yourself to go from, to have eight hours sleep every night means that sleep becomes this like high pressure thing, yeah, which yeah, doesn't, yeah. which isn't <laughs> beneficial either. Yeah. But just from this, like a, a really, if it was just like an on off switch, just from a really um, a good way to think about it, like every night you take away 30 minutes just by being on your phone, it's gone forever. And you can't get it back. Yeah. So you just got to bear that in mind. Like it's every when you, when you're choosing to sit there, you are literally stealing from yourself from that day. Yeah. I think like quite a, quite um, like a nice practical way to sort of do it is work backwards from your wake up time, like you mm-hmm. said. So try and get into bed like obviously eight hours would be an absolute dream. Let's get into bed eight hours before your wake up alarm, and that's into bed lights off like yeah. to go to sleep. Um, so maybe like set an alarm before that so you actually like know that you're doing it as well because mm-hmm. sometimes like these things can just happen can't they if you've got an alarm that's something yeah. you've actually got to like turn off and you're almost like actively choosing to like nope I'm gonna uh-huh. gonna fuck myself up a little yeah. bit <laughs> but, um, so it's sort of having that and then uh, if you've got the time to play with it like obviously like you were saying if you if at the moment you're sleeping five hours obviously working up to six hours is going to be much better for you than the five is currently mm-hmm. But if you've got the um, sort of the play in your schedule to sort of try and build that up, like if you're still needing an alarm to wake you up and you're waking up feeling really, really crap, then probably like may- maybe just try and get like an extra 15 minutes in bed earlier again mm-hmm. until the, sort of the, the ideal goal is that you're, you're waking up, you don't necessarily need the alarm to wake you up, 
you're waking up about five minutes because you've got that consistent wake time yeah. and you actually like feel awake. Mm-hmm. I, I had, we had um, one question from someone that was saying like, if, so his, um, he gets like enough sleep, he gets between like seven and a half, eight and a half hours a night anyway. Um, but is he better off really trying to sleep in terms of like sleep cycles being an hour and a half long? Because um, he wakes up all the time without an alarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and should he try and go back to sleep to try and get like a full a full sleep cycle? Um, whereas, like practically speaking, if he's if he's getting like in the region of seven and a half to nine hours sleep, and is waking up feeling rested and naturally, that's that's about as that's like pretty perfect. <laughs> you know, that's like the dream sleep scenario, basically. Yeah, I guess like whilst we know sleep cycles are 90 minutes, you can't guarantee exactly no. when you're going to fall asleep. Absolutely. So you like, you can't be anal enough to work backwards from that to sort of, you, you can work it out roughly, but yeah. like, well, and they can vary from being like, um, 75 minutes up to, I think it's about two and a half, but like the two and a really? half hours, they can really, really vary like per person. I don't know what the, uh, like spread of that is in the population. If like some people are like massive outliers at either end of that, but they vary. So like, like you said, it's, yeah. And also you're asleep. You can't really control much yeah. of that time. But what, what you can do is control the time you go to bed and um, like potentially work that a little bit earlier if you can, if you're still always finding that the alarm's waking you up and you're like just feeling like shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it is a hard one, particularly if you do have like a very early wake-up time. and, and then Especially you're now this time you're in, it's in the dark as yeah. well. Yeah. But if, if you're like finishing work late, like you having some time to like chill to like to have to yourself yeah. in the evening is like it's pretty much the only time in the day that most people get that time yeah um, so it is quite hard to say like eat into that time to get into bed earlier um, but like at the end of the day you've, you've just got to make the compromise like maybe you just shorten that time by like if, if you normally have half an hour maybe it's like 20 minutes and get like just getting into bed that little bit earlier or to, like looking at what activities that it is you're like you're having as your sort of you time and maybe like reading a book before you go to bed that sort of thing is so like gonna be so much better than yeah. get like doing something that's yeah, like yeah. Re- like loads of white light like yeah, watching definitely. tv or that, or that sort of thing so i think that's the hardest thing about this it's almost like harder than diet because there is there is just no easy answer at all yeah that, i mean so that the, there is an easy answer is go to bed and get enough sleep yeah but it's, um, it's kind of it's, yeah, it's, it's non-negotiable like, but but people like people say oh yeah but I can't do that because I finish work at eight o'clock and then I just can't I can't go to sleep if I don't have like an hour or two to just chill and switch off and do something that isn't my job and it's like yeah, yeah that's completely fair enough I don't know what to tell you mm-hmm. because that's like <laughs> yeah it's but, really, I mean, really hard but but sleep is so important that at some point it's probably worth like trying to figure out what what your sort of priorities are mm-hmm. to some extent and that's where not being exposed to white, yeah. bright white, well, blue, blue light in the evening, so bright light in the evening, is essential. Because if you get home from work at eight and you're completely wired from work, and you put the telly on, and you've got the light on, and you're eating, all those three things are sort of like driving you to be awake. Yeah. So you've got this like combo of, of thing of, of, of st- stimulants almost driving you to be awake in this and then you're not going to be able to switch off and just like practically let's say you come home and you watch telly with the light on 
you can come home, watch something on your laptop with flux on, um, and turn the light off. Yeah. Or TV with some like decent blue light blockers. Yeah, but I mean like flux is better. Well, I mean, blue light blockers would be great, but then they've got to go and buy blue light blockers. Yeah. So we'll obviously put a link. We highly recommend getting some blue light blockers um, for those times in the evening when you want to watch telly um, after work or whatever, and um, someone else in the house is something like you might live with some people, and someone else wants their light on, and you know, you like you were saying, it's it's actually it's fine for me because like, me and Amy watch everything on a laptop with flux on anyway. Mm-hmm. But for you, like with Danny and other people in the house, sort of doing bets mm-hmm. like you bought some blue light blockers because you don't have control over what you're doing all the time so yeah exactly so people in the house want to have the light on that's completely fine like can't be like everyone will in the dark with a candle yeah. <laughs> I would I would be like a sleep <laughs> Um, That's basically what I've done to Amy since she started living with me is mm. become sleep Hitler. <laughs> what do you mean? mean it's eight o'clock? <laughs> to be fair, I make I'm, Danny used to go to bed at like eleven, half eleven. She's asleep at like nine now. <laughs> Every yeah, night she started comes to the gym really. Isn't <laughs> I, I didn't actually manage to do that. She's the thought of training. Yeah, say so like um, the thought of training in the morning for her was like absolutely obscene. Now she literally wakes up at five to go and train which is fucking mental um <laughs> to be fair she um she doesn't have a choice about what time she wakes up because if you live with ali as me and tom have done um you are woken up at whatever time ali wakes up by the sound of the nutribullet and usually when ali then takes the nutribullet apart and spills uh like frack all over the side for fuck's sake <laughs> He's like Wreck-It Ralph. Like, oh! It's so annoying when you lose some valuable nutrients in the morning. I'll just take it off more carefully. Yeah. But you've got to screw it on so tight so it doesn't yeah. go everywhere. Maximum tension when you screw it in. And then it means that like, when you pull it out, you just, just go to everywhere. Do you know what's also terrible idea? <laughs> what? When you wake up in the night because you need a wee and turn the light on. Oh, don't do that. It's a don't terrible idea. Do Who does that? I don't, well, it's quite a few people, I think. <laughs> I know. Who does that? Do people actually do that? Please reply and tell us if you're crazy enough to turn the actual light on. Do you not on. know your own house well enough to navigate to the toilet in the dark? This and then thing. always well, treat yourself also, to a sit-down wit. Yeah. Also, what Never hazards are people like leaving in their hallway to not... <laughs> just... just feel your way. Yeah. And it, Keep I your eyes as closed as possible. Guarantee you. <laughs> I like. I do that. I don't play a game. Yeah. Yeah. I can actually do it with my eyes closed. <laughs> um, Although then, if you fall over, that's quite wakeful. Yeah. Wakeful. <laughs> <laughs> Wake promoting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so other things you can do to make sure that, uh, like when you do go into bed, get into bed and stuff, you actually like feel tired and can go to sleep, is like making sure you just get as much exposure to natural light as possible the day mm-hmm. um, and as early on in the day as possible to like anchor that circadian rhythm um, so especially at this time of year potentially like getting a sad lamp or you can get glasses that do a similar thing like basically like pump all that really really bright blue light that you don't want in your eyes in the evening, in the evening. get it into your face get it all in your face in the morning yeah in and, and around your eyes throughout the day to be fair if you yeah. can yeah. make you feel much more awake yeah um, but yeah drive that into your eye straight in during the day and um, that will help uh, so let, if you wake up early um, let's say through an alarm you can try and get some exposure to really bright light almost immediately that's going to help anchor your circadian rhythm which essentially means that that be- 
becomes your sort of like wake time and it's a game rhythm isn't just like it 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 is um it's a cycle right so like if you can shift the wake time to earlier it will also shift your sleep time to earlier as well um and that's a really good way to think about it like if you're really struggling to sleep in the evening at like an appropriate time and you're doing everything you know, you've got blue light block. You're like not getting exposure to white light in the evening, to, to, to bright light in the evening. You are like fairly chill, but like, you know, it's nine o'clock and you're just not tired and you sit in bed for an hour till 10 and still not asleep, getting frustrated that you aren't sleeping. Then be aware of when you actually are getting tired. Um, and it might be that you have to just not get to those in, in initially you don't get as much sleep as you want um, because you've got that set alarm time in the morning. But if you can get exposure to bright light in the morning and potentially even do some exercise early in the morning, um, then that's going to help shift your circadian rhythm so that you are someone who actually wants to wake up earlier and thus wants to go to sleep earlier. And it might take a little bit of time, but if you can do those things in the morning, it will certainly mean that um, you'll be able to sleep earlier in the evening and over the course of a few a few weeks, a few months maybe, um, you'll you'll have that full amount of time in bed, being tired and able to sleep. So exercise early in the day is like just really, really important. And also like if you have a um, a job that means you stay at work really late, then exercising early in the day is a brilliant idea for you anyway. Yeah. Because it means that you haven't got to do it after work, which means that you won't be you. You can come home, chill a little bit, and then go to sleep. If you've got to go finish work and then train, then you're sort of putting in a stimulus of like wakefulness before you go to sleep. Yeah. So yeah. if you can't, I mean, it is hard and like, but for most people as well, like not like sleep aside, training in the morning is probably gonna like mean that you can make it more consistent because mm-hmm. like in the evening after work is always going to be like social pressures or something's come up or you have to work late or you've got family commitment or whatever it is whereas the morning is pretty much your time mm-hmm. um, so yeah aside from sleep it's probably a good thing to try and put that in the morning definitely yeah come and join hybrid if you want yeah Hybrid small group. Yeah, if you're in Bristol, we offer lots of um, early morning training sessions. And we'll even get uh, a set of blue light glasses for um, for people. Should we ask Sweatbox to install some um, daylight bulbs? We should definitely do that, actually, seeing as we're going to spend a lot of our time there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should. Maybe we should have a a special word that we'll mention now, and if people come up to us and say it, uh, and join small group PT, then... uh, they can get free, free blue, blue blocking glasses. That's a good idea. I thought you were going to say something like punch them in the face or scare them <laughs> to like give them a massive spike of cortisol early in the day. That's, That's what we normally do. That would anchor your circadian rhythm quite nicely as well. <laughs> we'll dress up as saber-toothed tigers so um, you have to run away and it's as similar to caveman times as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wake up in the morning, expose to blue light light. Blight light? Blight light. light. And then run away from a blue, suit. Blue light? Yeah. It's light? bright blue light. It's bright light. <laughs> um, and those are sort of, like, those, those are the main practical takeaways. Is basically, like, have a really, really, as much as possible, have consistent wake times and sleep times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, those other tips are sort of, you can use to anchor them, basically. Mm. 
uh, so like blue light blocks in the evening mm-hmm. um, bright light as much as possible in the day and like a good level of activity and exercise again as early in the day as you can you can get we've been through much yeah. on sleep hygiene we haven't apart from the blue light stuff mm. yeah so, so like um, your bedroom as well you have a natural you your your core body temperature drops um like another one of your circadian rhythms. Yeah, so part, so part of your circadian rhythm is like your core body temperature drops sort of in the evening. And you actually want to make sure that your room is pretty cold. Yeah. As a result Amy, of that. this is particularly <laughs> So when you go into your bedroom, I think it's like 19 degrees. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, really. I think it's actually um, cooler than that. Really? I think it's like 17 is second in my head. So um, it definitely is, is really an odd number cool. close to 20. That's how yeah. I... <laughs> Well, so it's either yeah. 17 or like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so this time of year is like great now because basically if you just leave like a window open in your room, when you go in there, it's perfect oh, so nice. I love getting into mm-hmm. a cold bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the summer, just like get a fan and put it on in half an hour before you get into bed. Leave it on all night. Because <laughs> uh, it's just, it, it, you want to have a cold room. Um, obviously like goes like saying like change your bed sheets regularly you want to have clean sheets um, yeah you want your bed to be like comfortable yeah, yeah. really comfortable mm-hmm. and pitch black so mm, even do you reckon we could get hybrid partnered with um, some sort of mattress and bedding company that'd be great there is a cool mattress um, Lisa do a good mattress do they it comes mm-hmm. delivered to your door and they sponsor. Uh, That's where usually they deliver. No such so thing. Find. No such thing as a fish. Do they? So we yeah. ask they want to sponsor our podcast. Yeah, that'd be nice. We'll send them this episode. Yeah. So look, we're trying to make everyone sleep so well. Yeah. Should, <laughs> we, should we promote them even before they sponsor us? And then mm. get a Lisa mattress. Yeah. I've never had one, <laughs> but I'm selling out straight yeah. away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you want to have a, a room as, as as dark as you possibly can, and as not necessarily. You want it to be as quiet as possible, but for I mean that 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 might not be an option. So, uh, get some like nice air plugs that are comfortable. Um, like silicon ones are pretty um, are pretty nice. Uh, or just like have a a constant sound. So it could be like a white noise sound or like a yeah. a fan. Like have a sound that is consistent. That's like obviously not too loud, but that could basically like drown out if you live on a main road. Um, the sound of cars going by or whatever. There's um. I can't remember what book I was reading, but one guy said the the, the the author said he used to live on a main road, and every three minutes there would be it was a really busy main road. Um, he only lived like forty meters from some traffic lights, so every three minutes there would be quite loud car traffic because they'd be stopped at the lights yeah. and tailed back. And he said it was the most awful um, point of his life ever because he just like was getting bad sleep consistently every night. Uh, so you should have got some earplugs, I reckon. I think it was the happiness hypothesis. It was the happiness hypothesis. You're right. <laughs> it's the only book all three yeah. of us have listened to in the <laughs> yeah, last yeah. month. Yeah. So, excellent book, by the way. Yeah, very it doesn't good book, actually yeah. talk about sleep that much, but was mm. an excellent book. It's yeah. a very, very good book. <laughs> but yeah, so just you definitely want to. If if you are living in a place that's that, that, that is live, just get some earplugs and put on a consistent noise. Yeah, and yeah, it probably should help quite a lot. Definitely. Um, and the other thing is almost 
like setting up a sort of like a routine around going to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm quite like anal. I'm sleep Hitler. Yeah. But but <laughs> like when it comes to getting into bed, I tend to put on a nasal strip. I'll take a little bit of melatonin, which we will talk about now, uh, about whether or not that's actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. But I'll take melatonin, get into bed, read a chapter of my book, and like, that's what I tend to do most mm-hmm. nights. So I actually find it relatively easy to get to sleep because yeah. it's the same thing at pretty much the same time every night. Um, so it actually doesn't have to be that sleep routine. There's probably nothing special about any of the particular things I do. It's just that it's just when, when, once I start doing that, I'm, I'm going to bed. Yeah, and it's, it, 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 the, the other thing is like your bed needs to be a place where you sleep. Um, and you, have sex, you're allowed to have sex. Yeah, but like you just want to make sure it's a place where you sleep and it's not um, a place where you sort of like get ready to go to sleep. Yeah. Because reading, like, reading in bed is, 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 is completely fine. Um, but you probably don't want to ha- be like having tea in bed. Do you know what I mean? Like you might, you might just oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to bed so I'm so I'm already there so that I'm gonna go to sleep earlier. It's like you probably don't want to do that. As soon as you um, like are ready for bed, shower, and whatever else, have a routine that puts you in bed where at, when almost when you're ready to go to when you're ready to go to sleep. So that reading a chapter of your book is like sort of like just sitting in bed for five or ten minutes, which is making you tired to go to sleep, and then you're pretty much yeah, asleep. Yeah, yeah. It's not a I'm gonna go reread my book in bed to try and get sleepy. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, like, it's this time to go, I've already made myself sleepy by limiting blue light, by um, sort of like doing all those other bits first and then it's bedtime as opposed to I'm going to bed to become sleepy. So yeah. it might be worth if you know that you want to read for half an hour, let's say, read for 20 minutes downstairs or not in bed and then the last 10 minutes in bed um, because if you're, associ- what you don't want to do is associate your bed without with not not with sleep and so the more time you spend in bed not asleep the more you don't associate your bed with just like being asleep and as a result of that the harder it is to fall asleep and so on that topic if you wake up in the middle of the night and you cannot go back to sleep it is a very good idea to remove yourself from the bedroom um, and go and do like something menial like downstairs whether it's fucking like just reading downstairs or like just Keep, obviously keeping the lights basically off, just waiting until you feel that sort of like, that sleep pressure again, that tiredness, and then go back to bed rather than sitting in bed, tossing and turning, getting frustrated that you can't sleep. Because yeah. that done consistently will probably mean that you do consistently wake up at a certain time in the night and then you can't go back to sleep and you'll build that habit, which is obviously you're doing, because that is like really frustrating, like we haven't even touched on sleep disorders, yeah. but like you can't even imagine how, how frustrating that would be. Like doing everything and then just like waking up and not being able to go back to sleep would be fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah. And I've got just... That's the thing is like, we we don't have, you we were saying, like the answers to a lot mm-hmm. of, like people do have pressures on their time that, that make it really, really hard. And these aren't the answers to that. These This is more for, if you're just one of those people that is almost stealing your own sleep time Mm -hmm. Um, like choosing to watch an episode extra of like your program choosing to just lie in bed and scroll your phone and then wondering why you can't get to sleep and feel a bit shit in the morning it's like Mm -hmm. that's what this stuff is for really Mm -hmm. Um, because obviously they're like their sleep disorders and people that have other demands on their time that might sort of demand like more specialist uh, solutions to to it but yeah, it's not what we're really talking about. Mm-hmm. It's more just a habitual approach to getting yeah. and this is something that like a bit better sleep. Even all of us as as sort of anal as we are with our sleep, 
could actually still do better when, when, oh, once you realise how important sleep actually is. Definitely. Like I try to be as on it as possible with sleep and I still don't quite get seven hours most mm-hmm. nights. Mm-hmm. Like it is really hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you touch on melatonin? Yeah, because I take it every night as part of my sleep routine. So melatonin, like we mentioned last week, is the sort of... Um, Tom, do you want to give your wonderful analogy again? <laughs> well, I told him off for it. <laughs> well, everyone seemed to hate it so much. I don't know if I do. To be fair, no, you yeah. do. They, 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 they all want to hear it again. It's like a race official <laughs> um, getting everyone to the line and then doing the gun to get the, Bang! the race started. Get <laughs> 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 new therapy. Yeah. <laughs> right, fuckers. Um, yeah, sleep being a race is a bad analogy. Yeah, don't you the sense? other part of the analogy <laughs> makes sense. Uh, so melatonin sort of acts as the, um, the switch to turn on sleepiness almost. Yeah. Your body releases it and then that, that causes a cascade of other things to happen which essentially mean that you become sleepy. It helps initiate the onset of sleep rather than keeping you asleep. Yeah. Which um, is part of the reason it's used so widely as, like, um, as sleep medication. Uh, for because it, it it absolutely does initiate the onset of sleep. What it does not do though is keep you asleep. Yeah. So you can use melatonin for like to your advantage really, 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 really well because it does not at the right dosage. You only really need like half a milligram. It should not make you drowsy in the morning. Um, it should just act as that sort of trigger to initiate the onset of sleep. And it does not, taking melatonin does not inhibit your own production of melatonin. So it's not like some drugs where you take it and it will stop yourself producing that producing that hormone later on. That does not happen, so you do not build addiction to melatonin in that respect. So let's say we were speaking earlier about trying to anchor your circadian rhythm and getting up earlier um, to try and make yourself tired earlier. You can use melatonin for that same purpose. Let's say your normal sleep time is 10 o'clock. Um, so you normally go to sleep at um, 10. You're trying to bring that forward. You're trying to bring that forward. You can absolutely use melatonin, let's say, an hour before that um, to try and bring that sleep time to sort of like 9.30. And that may not seem, sound like much, but, you know, we, we, yeah. we've already said that if you're not making those, as if you're, if you're losing out on time in bed, you can't really get it back. So actually that, that half an hour might be the sort of all, all you need. So you could use it for that instance. Um, to try and shift your sleep time to earlier. And it might even be the case that once you've done that for a week or so, you don't need melatonin anymore. I suspect that you take melatonin um, almost entirely as a as a habitual thing now. And if you didn't, you would really struggle to think that you could sleep afterwards. So that is something to be aware of. If you are going to go down that route, um, we're definitely not advising that you necessarily do that. That's not what we're saying. But like, if that that, that could be something that be could be beneficial in some cases, um, just be aware that you're not because the placebo effect of melatonin is actually is probably as useful as the melatonin itself. Um, we know that the placebo effect for anything is just like brilliant. <laughs> so. Um, If you are going to go down that route, you probably want to make sure that your thought process is, I'm just going to use this to try and shift my mm. sleep time to a bit earlier for a week and then stop taking it, yeah. um, rather than just taking it. Because if you do take it for, let's say, two to four weeks straight, you actually won't have a physiological addiction to it at all. But 
you may well be psychologically addicted in terms of thinking that you need it to initiate that onset of sleepiness. Um, and that would not necessarily be even, but it wouldn't necessarily even be a bad thing. But there's no doubt that like, you, if you can do it um, drug free, it's probably better. Um, just, just because you haven't got that sort of like that thought that so I, I you... wasn't gonna enter any natty sleeping conversations. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if you haven't got it one night, yeah, then no, you, it definitely does make a difference. Then you probably yeah, like, oh shit, sleeping. I can't sleep tonight, and it's like, it's, you know, you, you probably are in, in in a position now where you could um, wean myself off it, or just not use it yeah. um, for sure. But it's part of that habit. Like, what do you take now? Half a, half a tab? Oh, like a quarter tab. Okay, yeah. I think even if the dosing on the um, bottle is right, which apparently is likely to be wildly inaccurate, yeah. I have like uh, 0.3 of yeah, yeah. milligram. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so like, just, you don't, you, you really don't need, melatonin is like an on-off switch. You either have, you, you do take it and you either have enough and that causes the cascade um, or you don't. You More than... Um, you know, like half a milligram, maybe even a quarter of a milligram in some cases for some small people, um, is absolutely not better and absolutely will make you more tired in the morning. Hmm. So you definitely don't want to be doing, like, there's just no need to take a lot, uh, like a high dose. Yeah. When it is particularly useful though, um, and would recommend it for, is if you're like traveling absolutely. and you're going to have uh, like a significant amount of jet lag, mm-hmm. it would be really, really useful for sort of to know trying to uh, reset your skin with them as quickly as possible so when you are travelling actually that's a really really good point um, <coughs> a couple of things you definitely want to do if you're going away for um, it, even if it's just a short duration of time whatever um, time you land in as soon as you get on the plane that's probably the time that you want to be you want to be working in so let's say that you're going from um, London to New York um and it's an overnight flight, and it lands in the morning New York time, do not, do your absolute best, I know it's really boring on a plane, to not eat on that on that flight, because you don't want to be eating during your new night time, because that's going to make it harder for you to anchor that rhythm in the morning, whereas if you take some melatonin, have some, um, some uh, really good earplugs, have an eye mask, get on the plane, um, have some melatonin like just half an hour before you're going to go to sleep sleep throughout the night of what would be the night in New York despite the fact that it's only like 2 o'clock or whatever in the afternoon UK time um, do your absolute best to set it up so you can do that and obviously it's not just so easy again but if you can sort of treat that as your night time um, then you'll have a much better chance of getting used to that new circadian rhythm in like US time or New York time a lot easier and you'll also have um like much better sort of like glucose control and or glucose tolerance all that sort of stuff uh, as a result of not eating through your new night time uh, so yeah so just like really easy practical recommendations half a milligram melatonin um, a eye mask and some earplugs half an hour before you want to sleep over on the overnight flight or, or and at the time that would be night time in the place that you're landing is a really good way to try and get used to that new uh, light and dark cycle as early as possible because you're going to feel fucked anyway so you want to do your absolute best to try and not feel completely fucked yeah for sure yeah. and last practical take home actually sort of ties on to our first point really um, about not being able to catch up with sleep but is naps 
Oh yeah, yeah. Naps. Oh yeah. About naps. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't um, do this and not talk about naps. Could not. How? Uh, so we spoke last week about the natural dip in energy levels um, in the sort of like mid afternoon or like afternoon. So that could be because humans were actually designed, well, designed or like what was selected for naturally evolved evolved for uh, biophasic Ali hasn't sleep. had a religious epiphany <laughs> <laughs> suddenly start believing in the creator that's true maybe, maybe there is um, biophasic sleep so, so two separate sleeping cycles throughout the day and you can see that in some um, in some cultures and actually you know it's actually quite prevalent in the blue zones yep um, so the blue zones are five we spoke about the blue zones on this podcast before no so five regions um, across the world where people fucking don't die. <laughs> yeah, hmm. consistently have like the best health out- outcomes. Like they just live till they're yeah. well old and they're really happy. Yeah, and not <laughs> just live till they're well old; they actually have like really, really good mm-hmm. quality of life mm-hmm. much later in life than yeah. other areas. So there's like a, uh, there's a place in Greece, place in Italy, something near yeah. Italy, there's a place in Japan. Um, there's two more places, yeah. and I was forget the two. And they basically have lots of. Um, things like really really in common with each mm-hmm. other so some of those things are uh, they have a really really um, intertwined family life mm-hmm. so like grandma and grandpa take care of um, like the baby yeah. or like uh, when they're quite young and mum and dad well, still, and still live at home yeah quite often and mum and, dad, and, mum and dad still work yeah. and like um, they have loads of exposure to light because they live in places that are really warm. Yeah. Um, so they're outside re- really regularly. Like shared meal times and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So they have a, um, a lot of their meals are that sh- are done socially. So they just like have loads of interaction with their nearest and dearest. Um, and they sleep really really well, which is obviously. Excellent, but a lot of in a Maybe lot of we cases, could do a trilogy actually on the blue zones. We could hmm. do a trilogy on the blue zones. In a lot of in, in a lot of cases, they they have a, um, a siesta in the afternoon, so that they have a normal uh, sleep cycle in the evening, and then or sleep in the evening, and then in the middle afternoon they sleep as well. Uh, and you know, a lot of, they do a lot of things really, really well, yeah, just yeah. naturally. But potentially, that is something that they another thing that is sort of contributing to it. Yeah. So maps, should we do them? Um, yes probably if you can nap it's almost certainly a good idea to nap there so naps might not be a good idea if we cover why mm-hmm. naps might not be a good idea initially um, if you struggle to get into bed in the evening so um, and like actually getting to sleep is quite hard for you yeah potentially it might not be a good idea to nap because like we spoke about sleep pressure building throughout the day uh, last week yeah um if you're if you're napping in the in the day, that's going to sort of uh, curtail that a little bit. I mean, you don't have quite as much sleep pressure going into the evening. So, if you're finding it hard to get a consistent bedtime and get to bed with them, then for now at least, naps are probably not going to be a good idea for you. Mm-hmm. And especially later in the day. Yeah. So if you're finding that you're um, falling asleep, let, let's say for example, you get home at five o'clock. And you just sit on the sofa and you nap for 20 minutes. Yeah. That's probably a terrible idea if you're already struggling. It might, might not even be a good idea if, you're, if, you, if you sleep fairly should, well. Yeah. Um, because, it could, because at that sort of time, um, it's going to, like I said, reduce the amount of sleep pressure that's already built. So that you have less sleep pressure at the correct time to go to sleep. 
So you're not going to be able to go to sleep so easily and thus you'll actually eat into the total amount of sleep you're going to get that evening. Um, but if that's not you yeah, uh, and you're able to, so like we were talking about that um, that natural slump in your, like your circadian rhythm uh, is, is like generally between like half 12 and 3 o'clock I think. Mm-hmm. Um, for most people, depending on like your career, yeah. like we talked about last week, but it's generally within that sort of window. Um, so if you're able to take a nap at that point and you don't struggle getting to bed in the evening, that is probably an excellent idea. For sure. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to know exactly the right amount of time as well that you should be napping yeah. for. So there's some... what you're doing after as well, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Like if, if, if it's literally like a nap, and you're going to go back to work or you need to do something after then you obviously you probably don't want to go for like a full sleep cycle for like yeah. an hour or upwards because you don't want to be feeling groggy and having to wake up fully you probably haven't got time yeah in, exactly. in, in, in a lot of cases um, so if, you, if you've not really got um, time 20 minutes is probably great uh, some there are some ever, there's some data actually on a caffeine nap so you, you, you'd have like a, a coffee um, and then try and go to sleep immediately. Bear in mind the half of the caffeine is like half an um, sorry the caffeine will reach peak concentrations of like thirty to sixty minutes after being consumed. So that thirty minute time is kind of going to act like an alarm clock for you. Um, we know that caffeine basically stops you sleeping. So if you can, um, you get really tired, have a quick coffee, then just let yourself go to sleep. It's not going to be for about half an hour until that caffeine kicks in, wakes you up, and probably you would have got in that sort of region of like 20-ish minutes, which would be a really good amount of time to nap for. Um, whereas if you've got more time, um, likely an hour, like an hour and a half worth of time, trying to get a full cycle of um, sleep in would be excellent, and no doubt the best of all scenarios. And, that is, and that's what they do in... in um, countries where they have a siesta they have a full sleep cycle in the afternoon um, and just like a later bedtime in the evening and there was um, one study done in uh, Greece because obviously Greece have always traditionally had a siesta most of Europe but their government decided that they wanted to try and cut that so that they could um, be more productive and 500 people were, were studied during this period and their health markers like went to fucking shit as a result of having their siesta taken away. They went from, because essentially they probably served the same sort of like nighttime sleeping. Uh, so they were losing an hour and a half, two hours of sleep per day. And um, they had a 66% increased chance of like um, contractable coronary heart disease, um, much higher prevalence of type 2 diabetes. Uh, heart attacks skyrocketed it's just like unbelievably clear that they were really really healthy by having their siesta and then just when they lost that just like their body just really really all their bodies just basically collapsed it's savage pretty savage isn't it Mm. it is Uh, is nuts though isn't it how uh, how the whole like um, sort of like western or built up world is just like so accepting of the loss of so much sleep yeah. Uh, yeah. It's unbelievable how just like take it. This thing that is like so unbelievably important for your overall health and you just like let it get Well the thing is I suppose we, we didn't necessarily know like how important it was. Mm-hmm. Um 
And apart from like feeling a bit tired and like if you literally lose like almost a whole night's sleep, you feel terrible, don't mm-hmm. you? And it's like obviously you sort of intuitively know that's bad. But like you don't really like it's so um it's so easy to like to like get five or six hours sleep and think that that's normal and not not feel like that acutely bad if you're used to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so until we like, but now we know literally how how bad it is for you not to sleep. Um, like a lot of the a lot of the habits we have now in like the Western world are sort of from a time when we didn't necessarily know that yeah ha- like how much damage we were doing to ourselves, but we we know now, um, and that's why unfortunately we're sort of like fighting against the yeah a load sort of habits that we've developed when we didn't know how bad it was yeah, yeah savage really like if you think about teenagers so obviously a circadian rhythm is person um person dependent but it's also age dependent as well so like we know that as you get to your teenage years your um desires to go to bed become later so your circadian rhythm sort of shifts to more of an owl yeah and so and and you also needed a bit more sleep as a teenager so often teenagers are staying up a little bit later than their parents are because their parents want to go to sleep earlier they don't want to go to sleep so early and then they want to stay in bed later and they really need to stay in bed later but their wake time for school is still too early for them really and then your mum and dad get well annoyed at them for going to bed late when like they just it's like asking them to go to bed at seven o'clock and they just wouldn't do it, so it should be like, well, no way. Yeah. Um, but so there's no doubt that hopefully over the next sort of like 10, 20 years, schools should really pick up on this and be like, okay, we need to have a, a system in place where people, the kids who are sort of like 14 to maybe like GCSEs and sixth form chick kids need to have a, an, an, an ability to sleep in later. Because it will literally make them healthy, more healthier, more productive, and more able to learn shit at school, which is like really. It's just it's just crazy that like all this data is there, and there's no there's nothing that happens to try and like help help this issue. Yeah. Like they literally like, it's it's mental. They just don't hold. School shouldn't start for teenagers really until ten, eleven o'clock in the afternoon in the, in, in the morning. But then that obviously means that it's just like teachers need to be in school longer and like yeah it's like quite impractical to actually implement that mm-hmm. probably but like it's but it's it's it sort of needs to happen at some point like it's almost as though like schools could like if if you could design it now you'd be like okay from I think if you design it now group, like a lot about the education mm, system would be very very different yeah. but you can mean you could yeah. like group um up to year nine as like early education yeah and then sort of like ten onwards would be like almost at different schools. Yeah. 10, 11, 12, 13, could almost be a different school where they literally start at like 10 a.m. Uh, one other thing we haven't spoken about in terms of uh, sleep um, and one that probably like a lot of people, I think we haven't spoken about it actually because it's something that we would never even consider doing mm-hmm. but it's probably very, very common and that's drinking in the week. Mm. Like alcohol is a will ruin your sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, might make you feel like it's a little bit easier to get to sleep Um but it will, in like no uncertain terms, you, you will find it, you'll do like nowhere near as much time in REM sleep. Yeah. So so bad. don't drink, basically. Yeah, bad for REM sleep. Uh, will, will fully fuck your sleep up. Again, yeah. one of those things, like if you choose to have a drink. Do like, you know that's why it's so bad for pregnant women mm-hmm. to drink? 
because is it? yeah, the REM sleep is obviously massively yeah, yeah, for yeah. babies' brain development. Yeah. And if um, women drink, then while they're pregnant, then it goes into obviously the baby, and the baby's REM sleep is impaired. Yeah. Uh, mm. Especially when they're spending all their time yeah, yeah. sleeping. That's really interesting. Same with breastfeeding mums. Yeah. Yeah. If you whilst you're breastfeeding, uh, if you've got a blood alcohol level point eight, so is your milk. <laughs> As, and it um, really impairs their ability yeah, to get yeah. REM sleep which um, has a massive impact yeah, on, yeah, their, yeah. on their development that's really interesting uh, yeah so maybe we should have spoken about that a bit more because that's actually quite an important one but, yeah um, it is really really important that's one of the few things we're not guilty of is yeah that's true it's really yeah you just sort of forget that people actually just but that's actually like such a yeah. common thing that people um, sort of drink and like they they do it as a way to help them de stress and mm-hmm. get I mean, to sleep, which yeah. is like that's the like the difficulty with it, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, that that's why having like building some new sleep routines can actually be like quite helpful to combat things like coming home and opening a bottle of wine, just being like that a habit as much yeah. as anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's gone on quite a long time, so we will round up all of those points that we've made. Uh, in the podcast description um, as opposed to go through them all now because I think there's been quite a lot of them but essentially try and go to bed at the same time every night don't drink alcohol don't drink alcohol if you're pregnant uh, (laughs) if you didn't know don't drink too Uh, much caffeine as well if, if anything, that's one positive I've got from doing these podcasts is I've dropped my caffeine consumption down quite yeah. a lot. <laughs> uh, try and get as much natural light exposure in the day as possible. Um, and no blue or bright lights at all in the evening. Uh, but we'll sort of we'll round up everything we've been through in the podcast description. And thank you very, very much for listening if you've actually made it through the whole trilogy. Uh, I don't know if that finale was exciting enough for you. We wrapped up all the plot ends. Um, if not, send us any questions that you might have, and maybe we'll do a um, like a director's special uh, where we answer your questions. Um, Extended cut. And as always, thank you so 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 much. If you think there's anyone who uh, could tolerate listening to us and would benefit from um, any of this, then we'd love if you could share it with them. Uh, and it is very, very helpful if you can leave us a lovely review on iTunes. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Please and thank you. Thank you. Have an excellent week. Bye-bye. I'm waving at the camera, the uh, mic. Bye.